Hi, I'm Dr. Michael Critchman. I'm the Executive Director of the Southern California Center for Sexual Health and Survivorship Medicine. I'm also an ASEX certified sexual counselor practicing in Newport Beach, uh, as well as an associate clinical professor at the University of California, Irvine. Uh, I primarily practice uh, menopause and sexual health, and uh, today we're going to talk about hypoactive sexual desire disorder. I have been fortunate enough to have a patient, uh, Marie, come in uh, with me this afternoon to talk a little bit about her experience in terms of the overall evaluation, assessment, diagnosis, as well as therapeutic intervention. So, uh, Marie, thank you so much for, for joining us. Um, I just want to uh, give a little bit of a background in terms of uh, the process. Patients are booked in the clinical office. They make an appointment. They are um, brought into the um, the office. We typically have at least a 45-minute direct uh, encounter with the patient where we not only do a history, physical exam, but an assessment as well as uh, appropriate evaluation. And we try to give people a therapeutic um, treatment paradigm as well. So uh, first of all, Marie, um, can you tell us a little bit about your background uh, in terms of just to get an idea of the history taking that we uh, did while you were here at the clinical office? Sure, I'm 41 years old. Um, I have no children. I've been married around five years. August was five years. Um, my husband and I have a very good relationship. We have good communication. We share openly with each other. I have no known medical issues. And um, I, for work, I am an executive assistant for um, a large business. So, yeah, I know that you, uh, we certainly talked about a lot of the stress, but uh, certainly I had the pleasure of meeting your uh, husband who came in after uh, our initial evaluation at the follow-up. But again, during the initial evaluation, we asked a little bit about your uh, past medical history, your surgical history, and your medications. I'm wondering if you could just update us a little bit about what transpired during that discussion point. Sure. At that time, I just explained to you um, surgeries were, I had my appendix taken out at age 17, nothing else as far as surgeries go. I have no um, past medical history, any issues there. And as far as medications go, I took oral contraceptives. I believe it was low estrin for about five years, um, on and off for the most part, five years. And then also I have IUD in place at this time. Great. So as part of the history, we did do um, a uh, physical exam thereafter, the, the portion of the physical. We also talked a little bit about the psychosexual history, which we'll come to in a little bit. But again, uh, as part of this uh, evaluation, you did have a gynecologist in the community. Uh, you had a normal gynecological exam. There was no evidence of changes in terms of vaginal dryness or genitourinary syndrome of menopause. Uh, there was a normal anatomy as well as a normal general physical exam. Um, we did talk a little bit about um, the changes that were happening during the sexual history in terms of changes in your just spontaneous thoughts as well as how that impacted frequency. Can you tell us a little bit about what happened during that experience? Sure. I just always remember having um, normal sexual thoughts and, and dreams, and then I just feel 
like just a light bulb just turned off automatically. I don't know what had caused it, but I just remember not feeling um, like I was having any sexual thoughts anymore, and it kind of just gave me a concern because I, I was, you know, having intercourse three times a week um, previously, and then I just was losing interest. And I'm very close to my husband, so I just felt that something was going on. So how did it really impact your uh, partner, and how did it impact you in terms of this change, in terms of spontaneous thoughts and, you know, this frustration that was increasing over time? How did it change in terms of how you interacted, how much time you spent together, and how did it uh, impact how you felt about yourself? Well, I definitely had lowered uh, sexual self-esteem. I just started feeling... um, you know, just bad about myself overall. And then I would share that with my partner, and I just felt frustrated. I also think that we were fighting a little bit more and arguing whether it had to do with, you know, lack of the, um, you know, sexual intimacy or not. I'm not positive, but I was kind of avoiding um, talking to him about it and just avoiding any sexual activity. I know you were, I remember when we were doing your history, you used to tell me that, you know, you used to stay up late checking email and doing the laundry, and he was exhausted from work, and then you were used to go to bed together at the same time, and then you started, you know, staying up later, trying to make sure that he was asleep before you even got into bed. Mm-hmm. So I know it was pretty frustrating for you, and I really understood that frustration. And you also were sharing with me the the frustration that happened even before you even made it to our clinical Uh, office, you've had a a long path that uh, was pretty frustrating in and of itself. I know that you had talked to me about a gynecologist that you had seen in the community as well as a counselor, and finally uh, you were lucky enough to share it with um, a close girlfriend of yours and was able to kind of get a, a little more insight. I'm wondering if you can talk to us a little bit about that experience of what happened. Sure. I went to my local gynecologist that I usually see for my general wellness and and pap smears yearly, and I went to the gynecologist and and brought it up to her, and she just seemed a little dismissive, maybe even a little cold to me about it, and just kind of told me that it was normal and that uh, everything appeared to be fine with the exam and hormones and, you know, not to kind of worry about it and that women go through this. So I just felt kind of alone with that and I just, you know, kind of shrugged it off with that, and then I decided to go see a counselor, and there's just no connection with the counselor. I went maybe two or three times and just felt still, again, alone, not connected to anyone that could understand what I was going through. Um, So then I was talking to one of my girlfriends over drinks one day, and she had, you know, given me Dr. Critchman's information, and I decided to call. Well, you know, I think the thing that I resonate and I remember uh, quite clearly is your discussion about uh, other healthcare providers being dismissive, being very much rushed, uh, kind of the deer in the headlights. They didn't know how to deal with uh, sensitive issues. So one just completely ignored it. One 
uh, kind of didn't really understand the duality of the issues related to biology and didn't even make suggestions in terms of that there could be a biological component and really kind of uh, was very critical about the relationship and basically was uh, very much saying that there has to be something wrong with the relationship. Uh, all uh, low libido issues are related to relationship issues and really kind of pressing you uh, that there has to be something wrong. And I know that you were especially frustrated because I did meet your partner and uh, we did a, a couples assessment during the course of the evaluation and assessment and you guys are very much connected. You have good communication skills and I could sense uh, a good foundation in terms of their relationship and inter interpersonal skills. So it must have been quite frustrating for you for people to kind of just uh, not look at the whole picture. I'm wondering if you could just comment on that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I That's when I started talking to one of my friends about it because I just figured since I went to two different people in the medical field that they would be able to give me their opinion, and I just really felt just alone and frustrated with that because I didn't get anywhere. And at one point, I did feel like with the gynecologist, maybe she wasn't just rushed, but just didn't maybe know or even was um, a little shy with discussing it with me and was more into just doing, um, you know, the gynecology aspect versus what else was going on with libido and sexual health. And it, it's interesting because I remember your your apprehension when you first came in because you had seen a female gynecologist before and you weren't really uh, sure about what the impact would be to see a male gynecologist. Mm -hmm. What were some of the important points that you remember about uh, the evaluation um, with me that made the experience different? Um, were there any things that resonated at that first visit? Definitely the connection. I felt very comfortable. I didn't feel rushed at all. I felt that you spent quite a bit of time, at least, um, you know, maybe 45 minutes or so, maybe 35 minutes. Um, I felt like you did go over a very detailed history. Um, again, I didn't feel rushed. I felt like you're asking a lot of questions that were, um, you know, detailed. Um, also, I I just remember just, you know, not feeling uh, like ashamed or afraid to go over things with you. I just felt very um, not alone anymore. Well, I really appreciate that feedback because a lot of women are very uncomfortable about the evaluation and, you know, they wait a very long time to... to uh, really get their their issues addressed, and very often people are, are really suffering in silence. Um, as part of our, uh, our evaluation, we kind of try to marry both the psychological interventions and biology, and we typically order uh, sexual health labs, which for us include a hormonal panel as well as looking at general health impact, uh, things that could be impactful in terms of your overall health. Um, we give you some management strategies. You know, we talk about diet and exercise and staying focused, and we really want to include the partner. Uh, we give you bibliotherapy, some books to read, as well as scheduling you a follow-up. Is there anything that you remember specifically in terms of the aspects of the evaluation that was really important? And I know we talked a little bit about your job and how... Um, 
some bosses can be a little irritating and what have you. So uh, anything specific that you remember? Yeah, you did. You gave us a lot of good tools to work on together and alone as well. You gave us some homework. Um, in particular, I remember the stress management, um, things with diet that you gave us, things with exercise, how to stay mindful, um, how to communicate better with each other, um, even some positive like date night ideas, things like that. So we both found that it was helpful for both of us. We felt um, definitely that there was going to be some kind of good homework and a connection between each other. So again, you know, really uh, in enforcing a good relationship is certainly an important part of the overall treatment paradigm. And, you know, as we discussed, uh, very often women who have a history of oral contraceptives sometimes uh, we discuss the mechanism by which uh, oral contraceptives can decrease free testosterone. Free testosterone certainly um, associated with libido, especially in premenopausal women. Um, we, um, what I typically do in my paradigm is we we schedule a follow-up before the patient leaves so she feels connected with the clinician, not this call when you want. She knows when she's coming back. She knows the expectation of homework. She knows that her labs are going to be drawn uh, and what have you. So uh, when you returned, we talked about your lowered free testosterone. Uh, we talked about the nuances of off-label use. Uh, it's not FDA-approved. It's compounded. There's issues with reliability and consistency with compounded testosterone. You did um, decide to go on this after being aware and being consented. Uh, tell us a little bit about what happened when you came back at 12 weeks. Um, how did you feel? Um, I was definitely anxious, but at the same time, I was um, excited to kind of go over labs since I hadn't ever, you know, gotten over those with you or another clinician. So I definitely wanted to see what my options were and where I was going to um, where I was going to be. So I did feel um, more positive. I did feel like the relationship, the stress was declining a little bit as well. Um, but really, there was no change in desire, even after, you know, reading all the paperwork and tools and working on some things. So um, we did um, schedule a follow-up visit thereafter. You know, she, um, she did um, uh, get her uh, testosterone when she came back. There was, you know, a, there was a, a positive effect in terms of relationship, but not really anything in terms of... Uh, of uh, significance in terms of changing in desire. We typically looked at her testosterone values. Again, she was therapeutic in the upper one-third for her free testosterone. She was not reporting any adverse events in terms of the side effects. Uh, we certainly discussed um, phlebanserin in terms of the only uh, medication that was FDA approved. Uh, in terms of premenopausal HSDD, we did talk about the risks and the benefits uh, the boxed warning concerning alcohol as well. Um, I know you had mentioned earlier, uh, which was quite uh, uh, interesting, you talked that you had met your girlfriend over drinks and talked mm -hmm. about these issues. So, you know, we know that many women have one or two drinks a week, some three or four. Uh, and um, I know that initially was of some concern, but again, uh, I know after we've discussed some of the uh, literature that you decided to go on it, um, 
thereafter, and I know you've been on it for quite some time. Uh, tell me a little bit about how you're tolerating the medication, how you're feeling, um, and overall uh, how you're doing in terms of your overall experience. Sure. So, yes, I was just concerned a little bit with the whole alcohol um, not being able to drink, but to be honest, I'm feeling really well on it. Um, I haven't had side effects. I'm sleeping fine on it as well. Um, it did take a couple weeks to get used to it, but I, I feel good. And uh, definitely more sexual thoughts um, and in the relationship the stress has gone down as well, and we're doing pretty well. And I feel, I feel overall better on it. So, again, I think it's really important because I remember, you know, you had come in and you had asked about this new medication called the Pink Viagra, and I think it's important to recognize that, you know, I try to not over-promise um, and under-deliver. And I know that sometimes women uh, really want a magic bullet, and but we uh, certainly talked about this and um, and felt like this would have some subtle effects that I think uh, are working quite well with you, um, and we consented and what have you. And uh, now you're kind of on autopilot, so you know the follow-up that uh, we're planning is uh, we'll probably see you in another six months from now, see how you're doing, and go from there. But overall, uh, really a resolution of some of the uh, distressing sexual complaints. So with that, I'm going to conclude. I want to, uh, again, thank um, Marie for having the courage to share her story uh, about a history and assessment uh, and treatment uh, and hope it gives uh, both clinicians and patients uh, the insight in order to address uh, a, a, an issue that is really impactful and sometimes goes unrecognized. So on behalf of myself and uh, Marie, I want to thank you all for attending uh, this program, and again, thank you very much.